Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Baker and this is Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas and I want to share that with every mom I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Have you heard about how we are changing the story for moms? Mama Fund is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing products, services, and education to moms in need. So check us out at mamafund.org. All right, welcome to the show, Marlene. Marlene, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about who Marlene is? Yeah, so I'm Marlene. I'm a mom in Seattle. I'm a solo parent by choice or single mom by choice to a 14 and a half month old. And I'm also a pediatric dietitian. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and a specialist in pediatric nutrition. And I have a private practice here in Seattle. You mentioned you're a single mom by choice. So let's start. Like you decide, I want to be a mom and walk us through that journey. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was married actually, and the relationship was struggling. And I reached a point where I was feeling like I was really ready to be a mom. And I didn't, you know, with my ex, we'd been doing a lot of therapy work and it just wasn't seeming like we were um, going to reach a place where we would, where I would feel comfortable having a child with this person. And so we made the decision to end the relationship and it's like as soon as that chapter of my life was over, I just dove straight into being mm. a mom. Um, well, I actually, I should, I should give some context to that. Um, at first, I felt like, okay, now I need to find another partner because I'm ready to have a kid and I want to do it right now. I have to mm. find the right yes. person. And yet, I was so just wanting to be single. I was so wanting to have some, some space and um, not have to jump into a relationship and feel like, that was the the thing that I was looking for in a partner was, are they going to make a good parent? Is that someone that I want to parent with? And so I was just chatting with my mom about that, saying how, you know, I really want to have a kid now. I feel ready, but I don't want to, you know, be in a relationship, but I'm not sure I could do it on my own. And she just, you know, kind of really casually just said, oh, sure you can. Or sure you could. And I just, I hadn't really considered that as an actual possibility, Mm -hmm. but her just saying those words, it felt like it was permission. And it just got me thinking about it, about like just committing to that, that idea and thinking about it more. And I probably gave it, I don't know, maybe five days (laughs) that I thought about it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And then it was just like, yeah, okay, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. And I, I called a, um, a fertility clinic and got an appointment scheduled and it all happened really, really fast because I, um, I, I, I had one appointment just to, to chat with them and they did some tests and found out that everything with my fertility on paper should be fine and, um, inseminated the following cycle and it worked. I got pregnant. That's so awesome. Yep. First off, can I just say, I love your mom so much in that moment. It's 
you've told me that story once before, so it's my second time hearing it, but I love it even more the second time because here's a mama bear being like, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want. And then you're like, okay, look at me. I'm feeling so empowered to go do this. And what an awesome decision just to decide to be a mom versus like allowing society to tell you like how you should become a mom. Yeah. That wasn't for you. No. Yeah. And it, well, it's funny. I think about it now. I, I should ask my mom actually kind of if she even remembers that conversation, because I think she was just saying it in that way of like, honey, you can do anything you want to do. You know, I don't think she was necessarily thinking about like me actually having a child. on my own. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe she did. Yeah. I, I should ask her. That is so funny. She's probably going to listen to this. And well, I love it. So much. Well, I hope she does. <laughs> yes. Your mom's already my favorite. I love that story. Okay, so you get pregnant, and here you are now, pregnant, going to be a single mom. Mm -hmm. How was that journey of pregnancy for you? Did you feel any angst about, like, what was coming next, or was it just natural? I I felt so much excitement. Um, There was certainly some anxiety around, mm-hmm. oh gosh, how am I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this now. There's no turning back. How am I, yeah. uh, what have I gotten myself into? Oh gosh. Um, more around the financial piece yeah. about being, not just being a single mom, but living on a single income in Seattle where it's, you know, cost of living, cost of living is not cheap. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thinking about daycare and, just everything. Yeah. Um, that was, that was pretty overwhelming. But as far as my pregnancy goes, I had a great pregnancy. I loved it. I really, really loved it. I, um, in the past have struggled with some body insecurity issues. Mm -hmm. And so I was really not sure how I was going to handle gaining that much weight. And it, I found that it was fine. Like it was, yeah. it was challenging, right? I seeing the number go up all the time, but it felt like yeah. there was purpose to it. Mm. I was growing something. It wasn't just, um, it wasn't just my body getting bigger. I was, I was growing another human being and yeah. there was a purpose to every single pound that was on the scale. So, um, so that ended up, I was, I was happy to, or I was pleased to find that that wasn't as difficult as I thought it could be or that it is for some people yeah. and then um then it, I I really just kind of like hammered down and tried to figure out okay how am I going to take a maternity leave I'm a I'm in private practice so I'm not working for someone who offers me mm. you know 12 weeks of paid yeah. leave um so I really you know I I focused a lot of my energy on figuring out that piece did you were you able to take a lot of time off with her so I was, I ended up taking five months or so. Oh, that's awesome. At the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, in pregnancy, I spent a lot of my F time and effort figuring out how I was going to be able to do that. And my practice was going great. Um, I was, you know, feeling a little nauseous, not mm. fantastic early on. And then realizing that um, I kind of wanted to take it easy and, and have more time available to prepare for the baby, to kind of yeah. create a, a space for her here in my home. And um, I didn't want to be working the crazy number of hours that I was. Um, and so I ended up hiring an employee to help me just see my current caseload. And then her schedule filled up. So that she wasn't actually available to take on my patients when I went on my maternity leave. So then I hired someone else um, to actually cover for me while wow. I was gone. And so, yeah, it's been really great. So now uh, it's not just me. That's created a lot of um, other 
like professional uh, re- reward for me for and sure. that I'm not just all on my own. I have a team of people that I work with. Um, but also it's really made it possible for me to be a single mom too, yeah. so that I'm, you know, I'm earning some money when I'm not in the office. My income isn't directly tied to the time that I'm able to be one-on-one with yeah. patients. So yeah, I was planning on taking just three months of leave. I shouldn't say just three months, right? Like that's, I know a lot of people don't. But you know what? But but you know what? Though just three months is so important because it should be a long time. It should be forever. You know what I mean? And so it's like just three months is because everybody should get twenty months, ten months. I don't know. However much, however much they need. need. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, when I was planning, three months to me sounded like a really long time to take off. Like that'll be plenty but then yes. by the time three months rolled around I so wasn't ready yeah to to go back to work and to leave my child you know with somebody else yeah. instead of me um and and we were having f- breastfeeding problems as so many mm. uh, moms and babies do but we were really struggling with it and I felt like I didn't want to start having her be getting bottles when we hadn't really figured breastfeeding out yet yeah and so around four months three around three and a half four months um she started latching and and gaining without supplementing and so uh that's kind of when I started going started thinking about going back to work and I went back really super part-time and just virtual only and then I ended up um a friend and I another single mom and I had a vacation planned and so we I took like basically three weeks off so basically in all of that it Mo, it you know practically extended my maternity leave to yeah. be about five months. That is so nice, though, to get that time. It's so good to recognize, though, that, like, you may have a plan of how long you're going to take off, but, like, we just never know what these little tiny humans are going to bring us, right? Like, mm-hmm. you mentioned breastfeeding, which I do want to get into, like, that difficulty, what you did to supplement, because I think so many moms, <clears throat> excuse me, deal with that, like that, insecurity of not being able to breastfeed the um the just the challenges overall of not being able to breastfeed and obviously taking that on themselves and then figuring trying to figure out what's wrong with the baby what's wrong with them um so I think it's important to talk about that but I do want to bounce back just a little bit before Mm -hmm. maternity leave I want to talk about your birth oh I know we've talked about this you and I and I just so everybody knows I'm like totally obsessed with what happened during your birth and how you mm-hmm. had a home birth. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate that I've been able to see a little bit of footage. I feel really fortunate. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so let's talk about that. You decided to do home birth. Yeah, I, I decided to do a home birth. Um, you know, initially that wasn't my plan. Initially, you know, I don't know, years ago I would have said, sure, I'll go to a hospital. Of course, I hadn't really thought about it. And then kind of as I actually got pregnant, I thought, you know what, I, I've just heard that there's a lot, there's a much higher rate of C-sections if you go to a hospital mm-hmm. than if you stay at home. And I'm kind of a crunchy, natural kind of girl. And, um, but the idea of doing it at home didn't really, wasn't appealing to me either. I thought, gosh, isn't it really messy and mm-hmm. bloody and yeah, just, that's what I would think I would be like what happens and then I would see like the pool my whole thing with like home births first off I'm obsessed with them and birth centers and all that but my whenever I see pictures and the baby's coming out like in the water Mm -hmm. if they do it in the um, pool 
my I always keep thinking like, oh my gosh, baby's going to drown. Like mm-hmm. that's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's messy. And then it's like, what happens? To the, what if the baby stays in the water too long? Like all the fears for me yeah. with home birth. Oh, I get it. I get it. I went through, I, I processed all of that. Yeah. I, I taught myself a lot. I had a lot of conversations with professionals about it um, yeah. and other moms who had done it too. So um, I originally thought I would do, I, w- I would go to a birth center and my, the midwife I selected, uh, was delivering at a birth center nearby. And so I thought, great, that's what I would do. And then shortly after I started with them, they gave up their attending privileges at that birth center. And the nearest one is up in Everett, which oh, that's a drive just felt you. like it would be too far if yeah. I was in labor to count on getting up there. And my insurance said that they wouldn't, wouldn't cover a home birth. They would only cover a birth center or hospital. And so anyway, I submitted a prior authorization to the insurance, or my midwives did, actually. Um, and they ended up saying that they would cover it. So I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> but the, the so appeal cool. of a birth center was that someone else would clean it up. And then it was really, and, and for some reason, I thought maybe there would be more technology available mm. at a birth center. And then it was explained to me that it really isn't. You're just, it's like going to a hotel room. It's the, it's exactly like your home, but you're just in someone else's space. Yeah. You can't get an epidural. You can't get, there isn't anything that you can yeah. get at a birth center that you couldn't get at home. Is that, was that your appeal for a birth center? Like if this is too much, I might be able to get an epidural or were you like, I'm all in no epidural. I'm I wasn't go as far as I can. I, I didn't even really know. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't really want an epidural. I was pretty clear about that, but I, I just, I thought there would be something else there would be maybe be like if baby was struggling it would be there would be more assistance for the baby yeah. I, re- I really don't even no, know I, I get what you're saying because I actually went to a birth center to do an interview and I remember walking in thinking when I went to a birth center that it would be like a hospital and when I walked in I was like this is not a hospital nope like this <laughs> is just I mean it's pretty like I would live here it's really nice but yeah. it is just like a home it's not really much else but that yeah. So, you know, and then it was kind of explained to me by the midwives that it's really not that messy. Like any mess that there is, they take care of it. So I wouldn't be stuck with a newborn and also having to clean up from the yeah. birth and do all that. They said that, you know, they, someone comes and delivers the tub and then someone comes and empties and takes the tub away. And before they leave, after the baby's born, like they start a load of, of laundry for me. They oh, bring me food. Nice. They get me, you know, they cook some food for me or heat up some food, whatever I need. Um, and that the, you know, and every, everything's all packed up and cleaned up. By yeah. them. And so I thought, you know, it'd be so much nicer to just be at home and be able to get in my own bed yeah. rather than get Amazing. in a bed somewhere else and then have to up. And then at a, at a birth center, you, you leave within a few hours. And so to have to put the baby in a car that mm. early postpartum, like that just, yeah, I just thought it'd just be so much easier to be at home. Yeah. And the more I started thinking about that, the more that felt absolutely right. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So that's what I did. That's amazing. I, um, I can't help but have a ton of birth envy right now <laughs> listening to that because it is true. Like there's just so much you don't know, especially with your first baby. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I just, I guess I just knew like, okay, I'm pregnant. I went and got an OB because I didn't have, I didn't have like an actual OB I went to all the time. So I got pregnant, went to an OB and then just kind of like naturally progressed through pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I never really thought, I mean, I did have a really awesome doctor. And when I told her I wanted to do it naturally, 
I was like, I'm going to try natural. She basically was like, cool. And if you do that, you need a doula because no one here is going to help you deliver a baby naturally. Really? Like, that's just not, which it's funny because when she said it, I just thought, oh yeah, whatever. <clears throat> but I interviewed a doula and she was telling me, that's really awesome that your doctor even told you that because a lot of doctors won't even tell you that. Wow. Do you think it's that they just don't even know how to, they don't know what to offer or how to help or they just don't have the time? I think or? it's time. I think it's uncertainty. I, I think it's money. I know that sounds bad. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. So I'm just saying mm -hmm. it from my own thought. But when we were, this is why I think it's money. When Dustin and I were at an appointment, it was like an emergency appointment like a one-off, not emergency, that sounds bad, like a one-off appointment, our doctor wasn't there. Mm -hmm. We saw a different OB, and then I was very grateful that I had my OB because this doctor was not very kind. Um, and we had just had an ultrasound, and I was a little concerned about some of the things that they were saying, and so I was talking to them, and somehow we brought up circumcision because I just I had a lot of questions about circumcision and mm -hmm. what that looked like and could we do it in the hospital, and I just, it was like a really big, point for me that I was uncomfortable with mm -hmm. and he was like we won't do a circumcision here and I was like okay well d where do I go then yeah <laughs> like what when, do I when does this do? happen when, when does this yeah. happen and he basically was like I, you know they don't even pay me enough to do a circumcision like it, I get paid like 30 bucks to do a circumcision so I'm just not gonna do it oh my gosh and I was sitting there pregnant emotional because of my ultrasound and all my fears and Oh, not with my doctor I was comfortable with and being like, oh my gosh, it totally is just like money to them. And when we were, when we had Grayson, I asked every single nurse, every single doctor that I saw and no one would do it and no one would give us any information. It was so weird. I thought it was so odd. We ended up, you know, having a pediatrician that we went and saw and we were able to get help through that clinic, yeah. but it was so weird that no one would do it, but it came down to numbers and the night I was in labor with Grayson, the nurse said to me, you're so lucky you got here when you did because we're full and we're having to turn moms away. And I thought in my mind, like, can you imagine being do you in do labor and being turned away? Yeah. Wow. So I think it is that they're busy. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're not, they're definitely not unkind and they're not trying to do something to like maliciously impact your birth. It's just that I don't think that they have time to be like, this is what's going to happen next. Now you're going to breathe. Yeah. But if you're turning people away because you don't have room for them and there's yeah. a mom laboring and she's saying, I want to do this natural. Don't rush me. You're going to be like, <laughs> you're gonna be like, got to speed this here's up, what sister. we can do to make this go faster. We <laughs> yeah. got people waiting. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Because when, when I was delivering, they, I kept telling the nurse, I think she was new. All the other nurses were really great, but they had the monitor right here on my, my lower belly mm -hmm. trying to monitor my contractions. And I was like, I think I'm feeling them in my back. And, um, I had gotten an epidural at this point, And so I could kind of feel it a little bit still in my back mm -hmm. on my right side. My total left side was totally numb. I couldn't even lift my leg up. Someone had to hold my leg. Yep. <laughs> but, um, I said, I, th I think I'm feeling something in my back. And she's like, your contractions are slowing down. This happens after we give an epidural. And so I'm sitting there like, I didn't know that. And what's happening. So then but did it, they want to give you Pitocin to speed it up? They did. And yeah. I did and then not that causes want, more pain. Yes. I did not want Pitocin. That was on my birth plan. Like in caps, I was like, I don't care whatever happens. Like you don't have to play the music I want or yeah. any of that, but you can, I don't want that. Like I want all the other options, but that only because in my experience, everybody I've talked to, it's like, you're in labor, you get Pitocin, you have a C-section. Mm -hmm. It's 
I mean, I, I can't, I can think of maybe like two people that didn't go that way for them, mm-hmm. but everybody else. And so I just didn't want it. I was like, please don't give it to me. We're good. So she came in. She was like, we're going to have to give you some Pitocin. And I looked right at my husband like, nope. you know the rule. Like, go, <laughs> go grab that piece of paper that I don't know why we yeah. printed it out and put it right there. No one's yeah. even looking at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but go grab that right piece there. of paper and show it to her. And then she checked me and I was actually nine and a half centimeters dilated. Oh, right there. So yeah. yeah, she just had the monitor in the wrong spot. So <sighs> I just think you're like, they're busy. They've got a lot of moms there. I don't know. I'm sure they're like, we don't want to deal with someone trying to, to, but there were definitely moms who were doing it natural. Mm-hmm. I could hear them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm very happy I did not <laughs> do that because they are screaming so loud. I could hear them across the hall. Oh, like was so incredibly painful. Oh, it really, really was. I think I've, I've finally, I'm finally a little, like I've forgotten some about it, some of how painful it was. But yeah. I remember the immediate postpartum. I was just like shocked at how painful like it was. Like the aftermath of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I felt like I had a little bit of PTSD, not actual, right? But like yes. just a little like, whoa, that was way more, in- like I was expecting intense, but that was way more intense than I realized. And But I had a really fast labor. And so the way my midwives described it is that like a, a woman who has a, you know, 18, 20, 24 hour labor versus me who had <laughs> um, my active labor time was actually only about three hours. Like all of that work that your body is doing that some women's bodies will do in 20 hours, mine was doing that in three hours. And Mm. so every contraction was that much more intense. At least that's how it was described to me. Yeah. So, but it was totally possible. I did it. Yeah. You know, and even in the moment there, um, I had someone who was taking some video and I, I, in between a contraction, I said something like, oh my gosh, I, I totally get it why people want epidurals. Yeah. This is, this is tough. And they were told, they all told me like, Oh, too late. Sorry. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, Oh, by the way though, you've passed that mark. You've passed that point. Not even an option. I was like, yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. That's not what I'm, why I'm saying this. I'm yeah. just kind of acknowledging like, Ooh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And it, and it, I think for me, the reason why I, I didn't want an epidural. And then on the way to the hospital, I told my husband, I was like, by the way, this like, Remember when I told you to be strong for me? I'm telling you, don't be strong for me. And I'm getting the drugs, like, right when we get there. Yeah. They couldn't do it fast enough. Um, I think it just happened so fast, too. And then there's, like, adrenaline. And you're, it's, like, all these emotions were kind of, like, starting to just overflow on my body. Mm-hmm. And so I think, for me, I don't think I was experiencing enough pain to say I've, like, you know, felt really intense, tr- uh, excuse me, contractions. But I definitely was feeling so overwhelmed that for me getting the epidural was like, okay, now I can like process what's happening. Like, okay, I'm going into labor. Okay. There's going to be a baby here. So for me, it was more like, I don't know if I had reached that peak yet. I mean, definitely it was painful and I was (laughs) glad I got it when I did. (laughs) Um, but it was just so overwhelming. It was my chance Mm -hmm. to kind of like really take in what was happening, Mm -hmm. but it's an intense, exciting time period. It's amazing. Just the event of it all. Okay, so I'm I'm literally just like feet away from where it happened. Yes. I feel are. really honored to be <laughs> in this space. I I don't know if I can say it enough. I'm like literally obsessed with home births. Like I want to see one happen. Like I need I need to be in a home birth someday. So if somebody's listening and they're like, hey, you want to come to mine? Just shoot me an email. I'll come to your home I, birth. I can show you more videos of I, mine. <laughs> I, I'm gonna stalk you for them. I want them. Okay, so your birth was only three hours, you said. Or your, excuse well, me, your labor. Well, the active labor was okay. only about three hours. Um, 
yeah, so I, I, you know, I didn't have a kid yet, so I slept in in the morning. It was great. Yeah. I slept, you know, I woke up at like, I don't know, 1030 or something and um, went in the bathroom to pee and noticed that there was just a lot of red slimy mm. stuff in my underwear, right? And so I went, oh, okay, this is different. I was five days over due. I was 40 weeks and five days. So I was kind oh, of wow. expecting something. I'd done the miles circuit the night before trying to help bring labor on. Are What's you the mile circuit? On? Miles circuit. If you, if you Google it, you'll find it. It's just, you lay in these different positions um, okay. to try to help uh, bring upon labor. Okay. And then there's some, like you can stair climb sideways. You, you lay Interesting. on some pillows okay. in a certain way. I don't know. And I can't really describe it. Climb? The, okay. the miles circuit, oh, M-I-L-E-S, the miles circuit. Miles circuit. So someone okay. told me the night before, or I, I had asked friends, like, okay, what did you do to, <laughs> to trigger labor? And yeah. someone mentioned the mile circuit, so I did it. And then I don't know if that's what actually triggered Someone me. told me spicy food. Maybe they were like, yeah, so I they had told a me, lot of spicy food. They told me spicy food. They told me drink some beer. They told me, yeah. <laughs> I forget what all else, but I'd, I'd tried. funny? Yeah, red raspberry leaf. I'd done a bunch of that. I, I, I tried like pretty much everything. I don't think I actually drank beer. Um, I may have had a little bit. I can't remember. What is the beer? Maybe I have like, no. maybe the carbonation is like <laughs> shake yourself up afterwards and it'll just pop out. Like I don't know. I, I, That's funny. I have People no have idea. like really funny ways that they started. No, my doctor just did this. Oh she, yep. she stripped my memory. And mm-hmm. so I it started labor pretty quick for me after that. Yep. We we tried to do that and for what it, they they weren't able to. I think my cervix was really tucked under and so oh. they weren't able to do that. But anyway, I, so it seemed to me like the mile circuit worked. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just coincidence, but so woke up in the morning, felt like, okay, I think that was a little bit of that bloody show thing, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't having contractions or anything, but I I texted my midwife and in hindsight, this is like one lesson learned about my labor is if I have a kid again, I'm never going to like text my midwife when I think I'm in labor, I'm going to call her. We're going to, we're going to speak on the phone. We're going to hear each other's voices. Um, I think that ended up being a bit of a, of a problem throughout the course of my labor, but it all worked out fine. But anyways, texted my mid- midwife. Um, she didn't, she didn't get my text. <laughs> oh. so, so anyway, so I, uh, I was just relaxing. I took a bath. I, um, I called a friend, let her know that it seemed like things were starting. I was feeling a little crampy. Yeah. Like I was just on my period or something, but not contractions by any means. Friend came over, brought some lunch. We went for a walk. Um, really, again, like really mild cramps. They started kind of coming and going in waves, but Mm -hmm. like where there would be periods where I wasn't feeling them, but really super mild. And, um, she needed to go home and I think walk her dog, let her dog out and do some other things. And then we kind of planned to reconnect when things kicked up a notch with Mm -hmm. my labor. So I was going to rest. Um, I couldn't help myself. I knew people were coming over to my house in the next, you know, day or so. So I did some vacuuming and, oh, yeah. and cleaning up and kind of finished up my, so I had a hospital bag just in case I needed to go. And, mm. um, but there were some things that it's like, you have to put in kind of last minute. So I was finishing that up and yeah. laid down in bed and was trying to relax. And, um, and I, I was doing a pretty good job with it, but at this point, the contraction, I, w- I was feeling more like contractions. Mm-hmm. They were really mild. Um, I was, I still felt like I probably could have fallen asleep, but I didn't cause I was just so excited yeah and, so and much adrenaline there's going. so much adrenaline yeah. yeah um but the contractions wouldn't have prevented me from resting and 
I put a, I had put a puppy pad under me in bed just in case. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, kind of out of nowhere, I got this really strong contraction that broke my water in this big gush. And that was, I think around five o'clock in the evening. And so I got all like, oh my gosh, okay, this is really happening. Yeah. (laughs) Again, texted the midwife, should have called. (laughs) Um, uh, And but then nothing like my water broke and then no contraction for another, like at least 30 minutes afterwards. And so I was like, what in the world is happening yeah. here? I guess, you know, I thought we were, I thought this was getting going, I guess not. Um, and then around like five 30, maybe five 40, I'm not sure. Um, all of a sudden contractions started up again. And I guess I should say the reason I was texting is because I, I just heard the story of people's first labors taking so long yeah. and that I, I kept hearing the story over and over of women thinking they were further along and baby was coming and then they get checked and they're only like yeah. two getting centimeters sent home from or something, the getting sent or... home. And I didn't want to call the midwives to come to my house when, you know, nothing was really happening yet and it wasn't, yeah. the baby wasn't coming till tomorrow or whatever. Um, and so I was trying to just play cool just be calm and realize mm-hmm. this is this is just early labor um my friend came back finally I called my friend though because contractions were like stopping me in my tracks mm. and I thought okay I think I need a friend here with me so she came over and I was trying to eat something and I just wasn't able to eat you know <laughs> yeah so my contractions were uh they weren't lasting a full minute like they like uh, on my birth what do you call it the birth training or whatever that oh, I, I yeah. did the birth course mm-hmm. uh labor course uh it said like okay you call the midwife or you go to the hospital when um like the 5111 or the 411 when contractions have been are like four or five minutes apart they're lasting a full minute and that has been going on for a full hour yeah and mine were like a few minutes apart maybe two or three minutes apart so it was definitely within that but that hadn't been going on for a full hour and they weren't lasting a full minute. Each one was like maybe 30 or 45 seconds. And so in texting the midwife, I was telling her that and she was like, okay, well, yep, we'll, we'll just wait until they're oh, going no. on for a full minute. And then once they're, once your contractions are lasting a full minute, then let us know and we'll come on by. And I kept having questions cause I thought I was having some discharge and it didn't look totally clear. And so I was sending mm. her pictures being like, does this look, right to you and finally she's like okay I'll just come check on you just kind of to to just ease your mind ease my mind like okay whatever I'll come yeah um so she came around um and actually this was technically the birth assistant she her midwife license was pending she has she got it like I don't know a week after the birth or something like that but anyway so she showed she showed up at like 7 45 um came and checked me I was seven centimeters and she's like, you're ready to she's go. Like, you're ready. So she called the actual midwife and was like, okay, you can come anytime now. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry, please. Yeah. So texted my, uh, or my friend texted my doula and said, okay, time for you to come too. So my doula got there around eight. The actual midwife got there maybe around eight twenty. Um, I was in the tub already and baby was born at eight thirty eight. Like it just happened oh, so, wow. so fast. Oh, I didn't know there was that close of a gap between yeah. when your midwife got. Th- oh, my wow. midwife got there maybe twenty minutes before she was fully out of. Was me. she just in shock? Like <laughs> I didn't know you were ready to. I don't think anybody knew. I had no idea how far along I was. I was just going with the assumption of like, this is early labor. My contractions aren't lasting a full minute. Like I wish, in some of the. <laughs> 
birth this, classes. This sounds so yeah. silly for me to say it now, but like, I wish at the birth classes, someone had have said like, this is standard, but if you can't stay standing and you can't talk through a contraction, mm-hmm. like you're probably further along than you are, or there's a chance that you are. So like seek help or, yeah. or whatever. But I just thought I was being a wuss and that mm. this is early labor and I'm just not handling it very well. Yeah. Um, Instead, you're a badass and you were like, uh, look at me. I can basically <laughs> deliver this baby on my own. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank goodness that didn't happen. I um, know. I wish that they would say that kind of stuff, too, because that's what I hear more often than not is like, well, I just, you know, what they said was this is supposed to happen. And so it wasn't happening. And so I just assumed I wasn't there or just wasn't my time, whatever it is. Right. And so yeah. I do wish there was like a here's the normal see of what's going to happen. And then here's the spectrum of like what can happen mm-hmm. because it's your first time. How would you know? Like, I'm so lucky I was at a hospital. So people were just kind of like doing it for me. I didn't have to do much. I mean, especially after I had my epidural, I just kind of laid there and mm-hmm. talked to my sisters and like hung out. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really do anything. <laughs> um, so I think for sure having, especially with a home birth or a birth center birth, like at least having the spectrum of what could happen. Yeah. This is just the like, this is what should happen. Yeah, definitely. And and I think if I had of, if, if my midwife and I had of been having phone calls, I think she would have heard me during the contractions. And I think mm. she would have clued in like things are further along than, than it seems like based yeah. on. Cause you're just like timing calm, cool and, and collected and in your texts. Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. So don't text, call don't, your midwife. I, lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was at dinner at a friend's house because my doctor stripped my membranes at like nine. I mm-hmm. went back to work and then around like, I don't even know, two or something, I was telling my husband, I was like, something's happening and I, I don't have my hospital bag packed. Like I thought I was so ready and now I'm not ready at all. Um, and so we went home, we got everything packed, ready to go. I showered and I curled my hair because... You have to curl your hair for birth, right? Oh, <laughs> so of course. Right. It all had fallen out by the time you came, so it didn't matter. But um, and then we went to a friend's house for dinner. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely feeling crampy. And so we were like timing my contractions. And then we went for a walk. And I'll never forget my friend's mom. I was like in the middle of saying something. And then I kind of just stopped. And I like closed my eyes. And she was like, honey, those are contractions. You should probably go to the hospital. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is happening. And my friend's little girl was like, mommy, I don't want to have a baby. I'm like, am I making it look that bad? Like this is pretty painful, but I'm trying to like conceal all the pain I'm feeling. Mm. But clearly this little girl was like, mommy, I don't want to have a baby. I was like, we should get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Before I scar her for life. Yeah. (laughs) Have like a baby on the living room floor or something (laughs) unprepared. Yeah. Well, it is so nice to know that everything was fine. I know actually your daughter came out and she had a hard time breathing. She did. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I don't think I pushed at all. Like I never intentionally thought, okay, I'm pushing now to get her out. Like my body was just expelling her. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, well, actually I did push because her, I, I pushed, I pushed once because her head came out and the, the cord was wrapped around her neck and mm. they couldn't, you know, sometimes they try to kind of pull it around yeah. their head and they couldn't do that. Come to find out the cord was like wrapped around her neck. They said once, maybe twice. And then it was also wrapped around her trunk and through her legs. Like she was all just oh, tangled wow. up in the cord. And so her head came out and then they were like, push, 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 push. So I pushed once to get the rest of her body out and she came right up. 
Um, but, and so we were in a tub in the living room right, right over there. Yes. I love it. And, um, and she was, she was purple and, and she, well, they had a hard time getting her out of the water because she was so tangled up in the cord and I was under the water. And so oh, I, see, someone like fear. swooped in behind me and lifted me up to stand so that the mm. cord would get high enough to allow her to, to be taken out of the water and they untangled her. Um, but then she didn't start breathing right away. It was, it was kind of scary. Um, I think just it, it sounds what I what what they told me was that because the cord was just wrapped around her neck when she came out, she it just kind of cinched around her neck a little bit, mm-hmm. and so it just took her a little bit longer. And so they were rubbing her and um, um, and patting her back, and then they ended up pulling out a, a mask with a bag and kind of pumping air into her lungs. And she came around and and she perked up pretty quickly after that. But it was a it was a little tenuous. It was it was kind of scary for me. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, especially because you're like. Now I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're not that I think do hearing that by your baby not breathing in a hospital is better, but there's also like a sense of security because you're in a hospital. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be terrified. Yeah. But then she came to it, you it all happened so fast that in the moment I, you know, I'd seen videos of babies and I knew that they didn't always start breathing immediately. Mm-hmm. I knew that there could be a delay and before they figure it out and they're connected to me in the meantime, they're getting oxygen through the umbilical cord. And so I knew, you know, cognitively that it's okay, but I didn't realize that the length of time it took her to start breathing was long, was like definitely longer than than normal. Do you know how long it took? I don't know exactly, but the midwife told me that it was like on the tip of her tongue to say call 911 when she took her first breath. So they were just about to, Mm. to do that. But turned out fine. She's perfect. Everything about She's so the birth cute. was just absolutely perfect aside from just her just getting yeah. getting wrapped up in that cord a little too much. And so yeah, we hung out in the tub for a while and then got out and meandered over to the couch which was nearby and that's where we breastfed and uh, delivered the placenta. And then it was probably 30, 35 minutes or so after she was born that we finally cut the cord. Wow. Is there, excuse me, is there a benefit to, I know there's like a benefit to keeping them attached for a little bit longer, right? There's like more. They, there's my understanding and I'm not a, I'm a dietitian. I'm not a yeah, medical yeah, yeah. professional. No, <laughs> but all that all that blood that's circulating through the placenta right. and the cord, okay. like that's their blood. And so it all gets pumped back into baby and there's a lot of stem cells and nutrients and, right. um, and, and iron in there from yeah. the blood. And so all that gets reinfused into the baby. So that's why I wanted to do that. Keep them attached as long as you can. Because yep. I remember that. I remember when Grayson... Right before Grayson was born, I was reading something about keeping his um, bl- cord blood, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was in that research, right? Because of course, of course, Pinterest. Oh, <laughs> that's where Pinterest. I go. Yep. And then it was like, well, you should also keep your baby attached for a long time, like longer yeah, you, than. You can't really do both. Right. So we d- we ended up not keeping his cord blood, but we did try to keep him attached for as long as we could. It did feel really blurry. That was on our birth plan. That was like tucked away in the corner. No one really looked at it. So yeah. I can't even remember how long <laughs> it was attached for, but it was something that I asked for it to happen. I only I know, know it because it of the timestamp on pictures yeah. that people took. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like quite a blur, mm-hmm. all of that. Okay. So the benefit of 
home birth is at your home. You talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the comfort of my, my own space. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So you and your daughter were actually alone for the first time. What did we say? Like three hours? Three and a half hours after she was born. Yeah. So she was born at 838 and then around, right around midnight is when my parent, my parents had come over and they left around midnight and the midwife and my friend and my doula and they all left probably around 11, mm-hmm. 1130 or so. And then you're just doing it on your own. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I feel like I couldn't get out of the hospital fast enough. We were like begging to be discharged. Mm -hmm. So I do know that feeling of wanting to go home, but were you just terrified being home alone with this baby healing? And I really wasn't at all terrified. I wasn't scared about anything. It just felt bizarre to be like all of a sudden there's a second person in the room here yeah (laughs) who lives here with me now (laughs) I have a roommate now (laughs) um it it was just it was bizarre to be like I'm responsible for this person yeah well solely responsible and no one like checked to make sure that I could do that You're like, when I get a driver's license, they make me go to school yeah. and a test exactly. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, our first night we were in bed together. We, we bed share. We still do. But that very first night we bed share. And, um, you know, I hadn't really researched it. That's one thing that I would, I would suggest new moms do is to look into bed sharing if that's something that you're interested in. Um, I just assumed, yeah, she'll sleep in bed with me. That'll be fine. But I, and it, and it is, it has been, and I've since researched and everything, but that first night was a little nerve wracking mm. with how do, how do we sure sleep? How do, yeah. how do, you know, does she sleep on, on me? Does she sleep on the bed under covers or not under covers? Um, can I put her on a pillow because it's softer and it seems like it would be more comfortable for her? All these like kind of questions that I had that I didn't know the answer to yeah. around what's safer. Yeah. But that first night I hardly slept anyway. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and I remember I was so tired after I had Grayson and we put him down in his bassinet and he started choking. Oh. And... They, it was like choking on the stuff that's like still inside them, mm-hmm. all that. So they came in, got it all out anyways, but I was too scared. To, I think that was the moment that I realized I'll never not sleep with him. Mm-hmm. I'll never not be afraid to put him down, um, which is funny because now I put him in his crib and I'm like, please just go to sleep. I need a glass of wine yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I slept with him on my chest from that moment on. And every time a nurse walked in, they'd be like, you can't do that. And I'm like, Okay, well, I I'm the mom. Sleep. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and I need to sleep. Yeah. And at one point, I was so tired, and I had this like boppy, and him right here, and I was just asleep. And she walked in, and I don't even know. My husband said I wasn't very kind, but I opened up my eyes, and I was like, "Do not take him. Mm-hmm. We're good. You can leave the room." Yep. Like, I was like, "We're trying to sleep. We're exhausted." Yep. And again, that was one of my moments that I was like, "I wish I could be home already," but. It is crazy, though, to think that you went from, like, just you to now you and a baby and having only hours afterwards being alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just, you're so strong to not, I would be terrified. I would be, like, not even knowing what to do. It's amazing. You should know how strong you are for doing that. Well, thank you. I, 
it, it was all just kind of a blur. I was more struggling with the practical, like, how do I, like, I, I can't leave this baby alone. I, I, I didn't feel like I could even leave her in another room while I went to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, so it was more the logistics about how do I carry her into the bathroom and where does she with me and where do I put her and, you know, and then taking attending to myself postpartum when I was bleeding and sore and yeah. all of that and bathroom trips took, you know, at least 10 minutes just to pee. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, that was tricky, but then I had a lot of visitors and I was really open to having visitors. People came the next day, my parents came and, um, the next day, and I think some friends came over too. And we had visitors like pretty much every day. Yeah. For the first week or two. And you liked that? I did. Yeah. I did. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to show my baby off. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to share the experience with somebody else. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of wonder if I had have been partnered, if, if I would have wanted more alone time and less visitors because I would have had someone there, there. that I was sharing it with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But, yeah. But I really, I really liked having people come over. Yeah. And sharing that experience with them. Yep. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your journey through motherhood. Um, Absolutely. And I can't wait for your next episode. It's going to be so good. Yeah. It'll be Um, be great. Before we end, knowing your, you know, chosen single mom life, which is awesome and inspiring to home birth, to everything you've learned now, what's the one piece of advice that you would want to give to mamas? Oh, that's a good question. I would give my advice to people who are mamas inside but don't have their babies yet. I would say to all the mamas at heart who haven't found their babies yet that whatever path to motherhood you find is absolutely okay. There is nothing wrong with being a single mom. There is nothing wrong with, like, whether you know, whether you enter into motherhood with a partner, with a same-sex partner, with an opposite-sex partner, mm-hmm. if you adopt, if you foster a child and it to adopt, if you adopt an embryo, if you use a sperm donor or an egg donor or both, or doing it on your own or a co-parent, like whatever, it looks different for yeah. everybody. And however you get there is is absolutely perfect. Mm. That's don't, so good. Don't let your circumstances stop you from having a child if that's what you're meant to to do yeah that's so good well thank you so much that's like the best advice I love that thank you for listening I hope you loved it please subscribe to this podcast so you can get the latest episodes and tell us what you think about it in the reviews and mamas I love you